Welcome to This Just In, the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and leadership. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Justin Studios on the Business Radio X Network, as well as the Healthcare Now Radio Network. For this episode, my 281st episode, we have a great show focused on chronic care management with a longtime friend and healthcare innovator, Matt Ethington, co-founder and CEO of Chronic Care IQ. Welcome to the show, my good friend. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. I can't believe this is the, your first time. But uh, I know, you know, we've known each other for a few decades now, and I have a tremendous respect for what you built at Chronic Care IQ. It's not only a great business, uh, but you are truly transforming patient care across the country. And I, and I can say that because recently when this, came show, this show came to fruition, was one of my former EHR customers is now a customer of yours, is a CCM customer of yours. And I was able to uh, to speak with them. It was a random occurrence, but very fortunate. Uh, and their story and testimony is just uh, invigorating and, and exhilarating. So I has you know I had to bring you on air. I can't wait to talk about it. I've been you know I, I was putting the show together and just thinking about I've been working on CCM, RPM, value based care initiatives and care models for. Gosh, I mean, almost 20 years now to, to see this come all to fruition. Uh, and then certainly, you know, you, a friend being, imp you know, implementing this, it's exciting. So, you know, again, welcome to the show and so excited to have you here. Well, it's high praise uh, coming from you. So thank you again. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like I joined a, a pantheon of people that I respect, you know, watching your show in the past. So certainly a privilege. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Matt. Yeah, no, this is this is a, a long time coming. Again, I've been so deep in in chronic care management and remote patient monitoring, just value based care in general and accountable care in general, uh, and, and the policies and the regulations behind it. But to see it now taking traction across our communities, and then again speaking to you know in this case our care, uh, just uh, you know a great FQHC, one of the largest in the country out of Arkansas. They're out of happen to be out of Arkansas. Just phenomenal what they're accomplishing. And then just to see, you know, again, then being able to talk to you offline to know what you guys, you know, learn more about what you guys are doing, how you're expanding, how fast you've been able to grow the company recently. I know you've been around, you know, you and I came across each other. We probably actually know each other now over 20 years, but, um, you know, we came across each other around, I think, 2015 or so. You're just starting the company, uh, but then also, you know, a lot of this was all new. And so with, with chronic care and transitional care management and, and uh, transition care management, you know, there's a, and even discharging and those the components and those care models. And so, you know, and being able to manage that. And so with, you pull this platform together. So I guess at a high level, you know, why are you so passionate about this? And where's that passion come from? Yeah, uh, fair question. And I think it helps differentiate the company. Um, I got really sick. Uh, when I was 30, I, I felt like I was on you know top of the world, great friends, good athlete, um, and I started losing weight. And uh, I went from losing a little bit of weight to losing a lot of weight to getting very thirsty um, and to you know waking up at all hours of the night uh, with cramps and being in pain. I finally went to the emergency room and I learned there that I had type 1 diabetes. And 
uh, for people that don't know, type one is the kind where you have to give yourself shots and uh, your, bad, your body doesn't have the ability to produce insulin, which is required for you to live. So you have to, you have to give yourself shots and you have to check your blood sugar. You spend a lot of time poking holes in yourself. So mm-hmm. I went from being in really good shape to being in really bad shape and having to spend a lot of time um, managing, aggressively managing that. You know, at any point along the way, uh, it can be deadly, short-term, medium-term, and long-term. So that... Um, so going through that emotional and those physical experiences and, and doing that today, I know the burden firsthand. And then second is there's so much room to improve how we provide chronic care today. So it's really actionable, right? It, it's when you take on a challenge and you can see immediately immediate progress, it keeps you motivated. So um, an easy thing for me to be motivated about. I love it. Great answer. Uh, without sharing your legal secret sauce, what's your secret sauce? I mean, again, com- I'm coming off this conversation with one of your customers. Uh, I did a little bit more research. You guys have certainly tapped into something, but what's your secret sauce? Um, I would say, first of all, is I have an incredible co-founder uh, who wasn't able to enjoy uh, to join us on the show, but his name's Eric Eschenbach, and uh, and he's brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got a like-minded individual uh helping me it's it's not just me mm-hmm. um we have a whole team i really do think if there's one thing though it's that we solve problems right we solve problems um chronic diseases today they're responsible for seven out of ten deaths although the vast majority are non-lethal they're responsible for 99 percent of medicare's payments right so medic 99 of the checks that medicare writes are to people that have chronic disease and it represents 93 percent uh of the total and the problem that we solve is that doctors and patients are kept apart from one another right when i thank goodness we have doctors that know how you know spend 10 years learning how to care for people but the challenge is they don't go home with you I left the hospital with two prescriptions and a pep talk, and that creates a big gulf. So if you're trying to manage anybody with a difficult to manage chronic disease and you don't have information about that patient, it's next to an impossible task. So the first problem we solved was not relying upon the doctors to gather information about the patient, but relying on the patients to update the doctors. Mm -hmm. And once we solved that problem, right, making it easier for patients to get the doctors the right information at the right time, then it became, well, how do we get the nurses to do it, right? Everybody in healthcare is is time constrained. So we we cracked the code on um, why do nurses use this, you know, this product, you know, so reliably, you know, and, and the doctors, of course, have already figured out they want it. They went to school for 10 years to provide care. The the third problem we had to solve, and thank goodness, you know, Medicare is pouring money into this area, right? 99% of the checks they write. So anything they can do, they're doing. Well, the vast majority of these reimbursements for these activities are based on time. And so we made it easy to capture that time. So um, that helped a practice get paid in many cases for the work they were already doing. It helps patients engage. So they're keeping the doctors updated and it just kind of turned into a a virtuous cycle where when the doctor has the right information about the right time, they can 
they can be uh, preemptive and predictive with patients. And when the nurses have a reason to engage, um, and and they do engage, the patients get better, they get healthier, reduces the complexity of complex care. And um, all of that comes down to is solving the problems that come up when they come up. And we're really focused on solving problems. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a sign of a phenomenal entrepreneur as in, and a successful one too, because you're solving real world problems. Uh, and, and obviously in one of the largest spaces, you know, we have $4 trillion a year pump getting 4.1 trillion or so now being pumped into our healthcare system. And obviously chronic care is the largest single expense of that in the healthcare system. So obviously you're, you're solving a, a very big problem. That's why you've seen the success. So congratulations there as a follow on, you covered some of this, but what does a good care management program entail? Uh, I think first is realizing the problem that you're trying to solve. So, you know, the, the first one is waiting for sick people to get sicker mm -hmm. has enormous consequences, right? So um, I, I, if you're going to manage sick people and keep them from getting sicker, you have to engage them. You have to know what's going on. So I think the, the first thing is you need to know what's going on. Right. And then the second thing is it's not a one sided thing. Just having that information doesn't make it actionable because, like I said, everybody in an environment is time compressed. So um, you have to make it easy to interact with that information. So, for example, we ask patients questions through their phone or, or we ask their children questions through technology, whatever the case is, and we, the questions that we ask, the frequency with which we ask them are, is all automated with clinical protocols. And that information's in color-coded, uh, collated on a color-coded dashboard so that staff can immediately recognize who's red, who's yellow, and who's green. And so instead of waiting for these patients to show up for a quarterly visit or, uh, you know, a biannual visit, we're literally risk stratifying our high risk patients on a daily basis, sometimes, sometimes twice a day. And that that draws the doctors in right? because they want to know where they need to provide care. And when you reduce the complexity of caring for complex patients, that draws the nurses in. Right, because you're streamlining things on the back end if they can get to the patient earlier on the back end. And then finally, if you're managing that program, the last thing an administrator wants is another problem uh, in her day or his day. Uh, so when you make those systems easy to manage, um, you've, you've got to stay focused on those problems. You've got to make things uh, easy. So patient engagement. I think clinical engagement from nurses and doctors, and I think reducing administrative overhead that's required to do things like this. And they all have to work together. Um, and thank goodness, uh, Medicare has a, uh, I, I believe it's now eight programs mm -hmm. that pay for this type of activity. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll give you an anecdote or, or story. When I was actually speaking with our care, they gave a phenomenal example I think it was in the first month of using your platform, you know, ironically, that um, they received a red alert. And sometimes, you know, nurses, they get a lot going on. We have red, we have red flag fatigue, you know, because of the EHR world and all kinds of stuff. They did not ignore that red alert. And they called the patient. The patient actually had a low blood pressure. And the patient normally has a normal to high blood pressure. So this red alert came in, they reached out to the patient and realized uh, quickly that the patient was overdosing themselves mistakenly uh -huh. on pain meds, because what was happening is they were supposed to take it three times a day. They were taking three pills three times a day. 
And so they're actually going into an overdose situation and they were actually in the, and the patient happened to have Narcan. So they said, can you please administer Narcan up your nose? And they did. And they saved the patient's life. So, uh, you know, that was a real life example of how your CCM platform, you know, saved somebody's life. And that's when I kind of, you know, all the bells in my head go off, go went off and go, this is what we're doing across the country with this type of program. And I'm, you know, I, I'm so proud to be a part of the process of helping create these programs, you know, back in you know, all the testifying back in 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, all those years of what created these programs because we knew the vision. That's what you talk about how Medicare is pumping so much money. It's because it works. It's because this preventive maintenance and this chronic care management does work. It's, it's going to save this, this country trillions of dollars down the road. We're just trying to, you know, right now it saves billions of dollars probably, but it's going to save trillions and trillions over the next 10 to 15, 20 years. We need that. Not only you're saving a higher quality of, of you know, creating a higher quality of life, you're saving lives, you know, offer, offering much better care, but also we're going to save trillions of dollars out of our healthcare system. So it's a win-win yeah. for everybody. I love it. Yeah, we. We get those uh, like around coronary artery disease. We get those uh, we get those stories uh, frequently from mm -hmm. you know patients whose stents are no longer patent and they're failing and they're they went from short of breath to really short of breath and they're able to get back to those patients quickly uh, you know before they have another uh, heart attack. But you and when you hear them, um, I you'll you'll get tears in your eyes. Yeah. I um, I remember the sweet little lady i was in a boardroom at a uh, a cardiology system here in the southeast and she came over and she asked me are you the man that invented this system and i thought oh my gosh I, <laughs> yeah and then she told me about um how she was uh her husband was um copd um and had uh, advanced heart failure and how just having this reminder to check in and update the doctor made her feel less lonely, made her feel more embraced. And, uh, and then she looked at me and said, well, I bet your mom's real proud of you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm standing in a room full of ladies and I'm getting ready to just start bawling. And I, awesome. I thought, yeah, so it good. Yeah, you're right. Love There's it. a lot of goodness goes around. Amen. For those that have made uh, tuned in a little late today, my special guest is longtime friend, Matt Ethington, co-founder and CEO of chronic care. IQ. So how do you think your experience as a patient differentiates your product? Because I think if you're going to manage anything, it you, it can't be one-sided, right? I can't manage something I don't have information about. And I can't wait for people to provide me information. That's the healthcare system we have. We wait for patients to show up. And where do they show up? They show up in the doctor's office after they have significant disease progression. They've gotten worse. They show up in the emergency room where they're not going to be let go or they show up in the morgue. So right. um, my experience as a patient was, um, you know, I got home and I'm sitting here thinking, what happens next? I was scared of shots and now I have to give myself four shots a day. I have to poke holes in my blood you know, in my fingers every day, I have to do it before I drive. I have to do it before I go to sleep. And um, what happens if, and it's a really difficult place to be. And there's a lot of anxiety. And, it, and that was, that was 20 years ago, but especially today, we've only layered more barriers between doctors and patients. So if I needed to get a hold of my doctor, I'd have to call, go through the auto attendant, leave a message, wait for somebody to call me back and that might be a while. Um, so this was just having that way for patients to communicate the right information. It, it made me feel more 
connected. And it made me realize, like everybody is surprised when they hear that 87% of patients that engage in chronic care IQ are still engaged a year later, right? That shocked everybody. It never shocked me yep. because it's a lonely place, right? People don't want to go through that alone. And the people that can help them are the doctors and the nurses. So I knew that patients would engage if you made it easy for them. And that's what that's where we started, right? I, I remember Eric and I uh, sitting in my the library at my house, which, which is a not, which is a fancy way of saying you know the living room. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, saying hey, this is what it needs to look like. And you know, we called my primary care doctor and said, what would you need to know about a patient with stage four heart failure on a regular basis? And he'd say, I want to know this, this, and this. And that was that was really uh, the genesis of the platform: is how do I get patients to participate? How do I make the information meaningful and easy to absorb for the clinicians? And then how do we collect, uh, make it easy to document and collect the reimbursements? And um, yeah, excellent. So moving into the lightning round, we have about four or five minutes left. I want to get a couple through a couple more questions. What can we look forward to in 2024 and 2025 in regards to CCM, RPM, and a dozen other codes that are reimbursed by Medicare in this area? Yeah, there, there's over oh, there's over 20 monthly reimbursements, and they all deal with uh, engaging uh, chronic and fragile patients on a regular basis. So the manifestation of value-based care right, is how do we get more preventative? We take it a little bit farther. How do we get more preemptive, keep those patients from disease progressing or going to the hospital? I think that you will keep seeing Medicare double down on these reimbursements yeah. and on these innovations because they, they know they work, yeah. right? They're seeing the numbers on the back end. If you can delay or prevent a hospitalization, it's a hundred bucks a month compared to 25 grand each time. Excellent. Fantastic. Love it. So I guess what has, you know, how has the care management market evolved over the past 10 years? Just, it's just gotten more robust. It's grown uh, horizontally and vertically, vertically in terms of what they pay for it. When we started, you could bill one increment of 20 minutes for $42. Mm -hmm. You can bill six of them now. Wow. And the first reimbursement is $64. That's a combination of the different programs. And then horizontally, it used to be primary care. Now it's primary care, specialty care, chronic pain management, respiratory care, physical therapy, uh, behavioral health. Um, it, it, it's really you know getting into that value. It's wellness versus sick care. Yeah. And, and, and like you're just mentioning, it, it just works too. I mean, when you look at, I've done a lot of research over the past six months in this area, looking also what's going to be coming out for 20, for the new codes in 2024 and the evolution, I should say, of the codes in 2024. But I mean, when you look at the patient satisfaction, the nurse satisfaction, the collaboration of care, uh, I mean, and you know, that's just in care, in care quality increases in general, saving lives, but also you got to bring in the financial aspect because these physicians, these practices, these hospitals, the health systems, are getting so financially strained. And so to have this increased reimbursement, I mean, I think the average, you know, that I was doing, I was doing some, some research on your company and others, you know, these physicians, these practices, providers, care providers, care teams should see anywhere from on the low side, 5%, but more like 10, 15, 20% increase in Medicare reimbursement. If you do this right and you have a good platform that integrates into your care strategy. 
So in this, these platforms will evolve your care strategy. So you are participating in value-based care. You're participating where the future of healthcare is going. It's here and now. And so that's why I get really passionate. And I really want to have you on the show because I love the space, but also what this brings to our communities, what it brings to our patients, what it brings to our country in the way of higher quality care, and hopefully to stabilize the growth rate of our healthcare expenses. We're never going to spend less in healthcare, but we can at least slow down the growth rate as how fast our expenses are rising. That's what we're trying to affect at this point. Would you agree? Um, I, I would. You know, we have a three years retrospective data from an Ascension hospital that showed a 29, uh, I think, 0.4% reduction in all-cause hospitalization for these yeah. patients. Wow. So um, I, I think, you know, honestly, I do believe we'll reduce healthcare expenditures. When you wait for bad problems to get worse, it's a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. When you engage early on, when the patient, when things start moving in the wrong direction, you can prevent a lot of problems like fixing a water leak in your house. I don't have to replace the foundation if I fix the pipe. That's right. Right. So what's a couple more questions. What's the next big strategic step for chronic care IQ? Um, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. The, the, uh, the first thing is to do more of the same, right? I remember uh, it would be a good month if we close, uh, you know, three new customers. We've had, um, we've done three, maybe four. I haven't checked my email yet today in the last uh, 24 hours. So more of the same, right? More, it, it works for doctors. It works for patients. It works for nurses. It works for everything. It works for Medicare. Um, but the second thing is, um, I think it's going to be at the IDN level. Mm -hmm. We're deployed today across 170 practices, and I don't even know how many locations or thousands of doctors um, in 14 different specialties. And if you look at a larger IDN, it, it, they don't have 4,000 4, doctors, um, you know, in in one skyscraper all on the same assembly line. They are, you know, 4,000 doctors in 180 practices um, you know, in 14 different specialties. And because we have an enterprise platform that can aggregate all of that, attribute the time correctly, attribute the reimbursements to where they need to go and be a centralized place for to get patient management metrics, get those uh, that daily risk stratification. It's a real opportunity. And, and strategically, uh, the direct the direction of the company, what I'm going to be heavily invested in next year is that is finding those partners that say, yep, let's do this. Let's roll it across all of our fragile, complex uh, patients. Yeah, it's also it's a no-brainer for, for organizations. Because again, like I said, uh, right before this last question was, this is an entree for everybody to participate in value-based care. This is, you know, this is a great step. It's, it, it's a definition of value-based care. So it's like, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to have this big complex model you can just start with CCM and some RPM and you've got a great strategy. You've got a great evolving care strategy. It's going to provide better patient care. It's going to be much more efficient for your, for your organization, for your, for your practice, for your clinic, for your health system, for your hospital. So it's, you know, very exciting. I think everybody needs to look at it and see how it can affect your care uh, and if it's applicable. Um, we probably got like a minute more. I would like to turn on the personal side. We'll have you back. And I've got, because I actually want to tap into the whole CEO side of your brain and the entrepreneur side. But we'll have you back for that. This has been a great show focused on care and, and CCM and, and RPM and, and those types of care models. So we'll, I'll ask you some of the questions later on. You're absolutely going to come back uh, as a guest. But on the, 
you know, outside of work, where do you invite, invest your time, talent, and treasure? Um, I, so I have a family, three kids in high school. Um, and, uh, a lot of my time is, is honestly, it's a, it's at work. Uh, and in building this company, we didn't do it. We didn't go get a bunch of somebody else's money. And we built it based on real experiences and my co-founder and I basically paid ourselves last. So there's not a huge amount of, uh, treasure. Uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that the business is growing so quickly yeah. now that, that that's changing. Um, but I, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty strong, uh, faith guy. Um, and, uh, so our, our family is involved in, uh, things like that and just trying to take snapshots of the minutes as they go by so quickly, um, awesome. to sp spend a lot of time with family. Fantastic. One last question, 30 seconds. Where do you go to get or be inspired? Uh, I go to others, right? I have, I have two groups that, uh, uh, other entrepreneurs, just other people. Uh, one of them is a faith group. We meet early in the mornings on Thursday and Friday every week through Zoom. Um, your podcast, right? Some of uh, uh, there's a guy named John Halamka that I just absolutely love the way that he thinks, and it just stay open, right? Stay. You can learn so much from so many areas. AR Care's staff is amazing, right? And we go to them regularly. Like, hey, what can we do better? So it um, just being humble and being open and listening deeply, I think is, is always inspirational for me. Matt, that was a fantastic close. Phenomenal show. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Very proud of what you've been able to build you and Eric and the whole team there at chronic care IQ. Uh, keep it up. And I'm sure I'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, thank Justin. You. And thank you so much to everybody um, for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, if you miss any of this show or want to tune in, you can tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern and 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustinRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you miss any of this episode or want to hear more, all my shows are posted at Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And we're going to be launching some new content on JustinBarnes.com. So check that out too. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe. 